Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, we're on the 12th and last promise of unshakable hope. Uh, it, it has to be one of my favorite series that I've ever done. I hope that you've enjoyed it, although it was a part of the same series. Each sermon was self-contained, and each, each message, whether I preached or one of our pastors preached, uh, had powerful lessons for us to learn. And this is the 12th one. And when I planned this out, probably in either July or August, um, I wasn't sure, you know, things change and everything, but I love the final promise, and it is this, justice will prevail. Justice will prevail. Let me throw this out to you. On New Year's Day, I'm going to review all 12 of them briefly. Briefly, if I can possibly. I'm not going to bring any notes or anything because that would take forever. I have pages and pages of notes uh, that I would never bring out there. I'll just do off the top of my head and uh, we'll share about those, those 12 things. But come anyhow. You can leave when you want. Uh, so I might still be going. But anyway, we're going to do that. So justice will prevail. One of the uh, TV series genres that I like is police dramas. And uh, my favorite now is Blue Bloods. I really like Blue Bloods. How many watch Blue Bloods? Oh, a lot of you. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, what is it that you like about Blue Bloods? Family. The family. Isn't it cool? They all sit down and they eat together. And they don't... What else? They pray together. They pray together. Yep. They don't always get along, but they're always family. I love that. I love that. I, well, what else? What else do you like about Blue Bloods? Anybody else? Nick? Oh, it's filmed in New York. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Very authentic. Anybody else? A lot of what? A lot of history there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He, he loves Teddy Roosevelt. He's always quoting. And it, if it's not Teddy Roosevelt, they don't know who quoted it because they just go to him. It's like when you're in church, what's the answer in Sunday school? Uh, pray, read the Bible, and go to church. Yeah. Susan? Yeah, just, just good, good morals. Uh, there's a concept, huh? There's a concept. So I like, I like Blue Bloods. Uh, I do like all the family and, and all of that. It, it's just, just a good, good show. Now, what are some old school police dramas that you remember some old ones gloria adam 12 yeah way before my time just kidding yeah adam 12 one adam 12 i forgot about that one dragnet oh that's a good one those shows are still good when i get a chance to see them i forgot about dragnet what, what was the saying on dragnet no that's hawaii 50 i have that one too bookum dano bookum dano hawaii 50 just the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Hill Street Blues, 80s, 90s, Rockford Files. Remember the Rockford Files? What kind of car did he have? Firebird. And he always had a car chase. That was the best part. Uh, Columbo, I have on my notes. Uh, I love Columbo. Dave? Hunter, way before my time. I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. So... Yeah, Hunter, that's, a, that's going back. Magnum P.I. Kojak was another one. Who loves you, baby? 
with his lollipop. I love Kojak. He's now becoming my favorite. Somebody else? Cannon. That was one a lot of people don't think about. He was kind of a big guy. And uh, now when we watched those shows, we only had three channels, you know, and I was and I was the remote control. So when a show my dad was watching, that's what we all watched, you know. Somebody else? Joe? T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker. Oh, William Shatner. That's right. He did what now? Oh, wow. Starsky and Hutch was another one. All these blow shows. Chips. That was one my, my wife mentioned when we were talking about it. Justin? Miami Vice. Car 54 is before all of our times. Before all of our times. Other than Alfreda. Other than Alfreda, Car 54 was before all of our times. For, for those of you that younger are younger, we used to have these TVs that they only were black and white. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you comprehend that? In the Heat of the Night was a great one. Carol O'Connor, what an actor that guy was. Okay, so now the question is, yeah, Irene? The rookies now or the old rookies? There's a show on now, I think, called Rookie. And I like that one, too. I like that. The Mod Squad. Yeah, the Mod Squad, way before my time. Way before my time in that. Charlie's Angels. So I was never allowed to watch that, but thank you. Uh, once in a while, I'll catch the uh, reruns, but that's a story for another time. Story for another time in that, yeah. Okay, why do we like police dramas? Yeah. What's the answer? Because they what? Because they get the bad guy. That's why we like it. I always tell Dora when we go see a movie or we watch a movie or something, I want a happy ending. If I don't want a happy ending, I'll watch the news. Right? But on these shows, we like them, and a lot of people like them, obviously. Why? Because at the end, for the most part, I know there's exceptions to everything, for the most part, watch, justice is served. Now, why is that so important to us? Because part of the nature and character of God is justice. Just like we've talked about this often, just like when, when we're generous, it does something inside of us, or we see someone being extremely generous, it touches our heart. Why does it touch our heart? Because it's part of the nature and character of God. Justice is also part of the nature and character of God. Now, sometimes people can go to one extreme or the other. They can forget the love of God. But on the other side, I think a lot of times we forget the justice of God. And justice is just as much a part of God's nature as love. As love. See? And so justice, when we see justice lived out and acted out, uh, it, it does something inside of us. That's why we like, we like those shows. Justice will be served. Now, injustice is equally, just as much as we love justice, injustice is infuriating to us. And we see that on the news. We see that all the time. Children being taken advantage of, crimes unsolved, innocent convicted, criminals acquitted, rich and powerful buying their way out, poor and powerless, wrongly accused and prosecuted. This, this angers us and we side with those people because we want to see justice carried out. 
So if God is a God of justice, then why is there so much, much injustice all around? And you know the answer to that. Because we live in a broken and fallen and sinful world. That's why there's so much injustice. It's a direct result of sin and this world that we live in being broken. But here's what I want to share with you today, semi-briefly. Uh, this injustice that we're experiencing now is not forever. Isn't that good news? And that someday justice will prevail. Promise number 12, justice will prevail. Our, prevail. our scripture for the day is in Acts 17.31. This is Paul speaking. And he says this, For he, meaning God, has set a day for judging the world with justice. And that's New, New Testament. We, we read the Old Testament, and there seems to be, there's always a day of reckoning and all of that. This. this is New Testament. This is after Jesus died and rose again. This is after the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, justice is part of God's nature and character. And if I don't think to say it later, let me throw this out to you. It's not revenge. Revenge is different. That's why God says, don't seek revenge. That's different. But it's okay to seek justice. Justice is also part of God's nature and character. All right? So, uh, so he set a day for judging the world, and only he knows, God did, with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. So who's the man that's going to carry out the justice as the judge? Jesus. This man, Jesus, that, we're, that we celebrate every day. I was going to say every week. We celebrate him every day in our lives. Uh, but he came to earth born of a virgin. And let me say this again, because uh, I have so many thoughts in my head, uh, that sometimes people still think Jesus is a baby. And he's not. Read the first chapter of Revelation. He is awesome in power and his enemies have been made his footstool. His eyes can see through everything, every lie, every injustice, everything that we try to keep from him. He is awesome. But he was born of a virgin as God's plan. He lived the perfect life, died the perfect death so that he could take my place and your place on the cross as the spotless lamb of God. But he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay on the cross. He rose again on the third day. And then after he rose again, he ascended to where? Not just heaven, but more specific, to the right hand of the Father, the place of power. Then he sent the promised Holy Spirit. That's how we know that he was in heaven. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he went and he sent the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But he also said when he was teaching them that not only will I go back to the Father, but I will come back to earth. Right? And that's when justice will prevail. That's when he will set things straight. That's when he will make things right. That's when he will come to bring justice. Because ultimately justice will prevail because God will prevail over all evil. Now, our God is a God of justice. We see it throughout Scripture. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and he will never abandon the godly. 
I have to throw this out there uh, to you. you. You know, we're not, it's a tricky thing, uh, forgiveness and justice. But it's okay that if there has been a wrong in your life and it is unjust, it's okay for you to pursue justice. That's also a part of God's nature and character. I'm not sure why sometimes as Christians, you know, we, you know, get robbed. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. Robbed, beaten up or whatever. And we think that we don't have to do anything. Well, I'm just going to take it. Well, you know what? Part of God's character is justice. So that it doesn't happen to anybody else. So that that person might not do it again. Justice. Okay? We don't... Uh, to you, the, those that are new, forgive me, or visiting just today, I apologize. You don't have to be so weak all the time. And just be run over all the time. God is a God of justice. I'm not saying take it into your own hands. That we would probably be against. Unless they came into your house or something. But I'm just saying it's okay Justice, not revenge, not injustice to the extreme, but justice. God loves justice. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. See both sides. Therefore, he will rise up to you uh, and show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. One more. He has shown you, O mortal or O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly? That we are to act justly towards others and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So since God is a God of justice, since God loves justice, then he will have to bring judgment on this world. If he doesn't come back and judge the world, then he is denying a part of his very nature which he's incapable of doing. Okay, you have to think on that later. But he will take care of it. Much of the world's history and human experience shows that what looks like the wicked win and the righteous lose, but not forever. He will make things right. And we have the hope, just like we have hope of his return and hope of glory, we have the hope that God will render just verdicts about all of the sin and all of the injustices that have been committed in this world, well, they don't pay for their crime. Oh, someday. The Bible talks about storing up the wrath of God. Someday, God will make all things right. And he has selected an appointed day when this will happen. We don't know when that day is, but it will happen. And this is important that we understand uh, and I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. The word judge, it, it literally means to render the right decision. Another thing that infuriates you in, in cop shows or police shows or whatever it is, is when the judge is uh, crooked. I, read, I also read a lot of John Grisham books. Anybody read John Grisham books? Because they have that legal end to it. Yeah, some of you, some of you read... Some, how many of you just only coloring books? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, but Grisham and he, these legal thrillers, and they're, they're, what a writer. I read a lot, and, so, and, and I'm also cheap, and so I try to find free books when I can, you know, on Amazon Prime or something like that, because I hate paying for a book that I'm going to be done with in two weeks. 
it's different than a reference book that I'll use, you know, for a long time. I hate spending, you know, 15 bucks uh, that I'm going to read in two weeks and never pick it up again. So I try to get these cheap books. And uh, I also, you can get them from the library on your Kindle, but they only give you seven days. And so a lot of these books are long, and it, it is hard for me to get through them in seven days. Okay, anyway, you don't need to know all that. But I love the Grisham books because of the complexity of the plot. And a lot of times, either a lawyer or a judge is, is uh, uh, crooked and wicked. And we hate that. Why? Because they're supposed to represent justice. Can I tell you that there's a judge that's coming, and whatever decision he makes, it will be right. We don't even know what that's like. It's hard for us to even comprehend in this wicked and fallen world what it's going to be like for a righteous judge to make the right decision. But he's going to make that right decision about every human action and every motive. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. He doesn't care if you can afford a good lawyer or not. He's going to make the right decision. Here's where Romans says, this is New Testament. You are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Let me say this, and I'll probably say it again at the end. Listen, if you have been a victim of injustice and you think that the person got away with it, they didn't. They might have gotten away with it in these courts, but not in the court. And God will make the right decision. Your responsibility is justice to the best of your ability. It's not revenge. But if there is a way, depending on the severity of the injustice, to find some peace and rest, that someday God is going to make the decision and he will make all things right. That's the hope. That's the hope that we have in him. Now, God will judge all people both believers and unbelievers. I mentioned this to you several weeks ago. I read or heard something that said all roads lead to the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm going to preach that more uh, in the next coming year. Encourage one another with these words. Because at the judgment seat of Christ, there will be no excuse. There will be no excuse, and Romans says that as well in Romans chapter 1. There will be no excuse that anyone has that will work in the court of the righteous judge. Now that's a, that's a powerful statement. It's a powerful statement. I'm going to go just a little bit longer today. Watch. I saw this uh, thing, it was either this morning or yesterday, that the percentage of Christians is uh, uh, going down. Uh, the words aren't coming to me, but uh, in America. And my thought is, it's not. Here's where people are being lost. Those that weren't Christians in the first place, but just filled out the blank and those that were nominal at best. Now watch, as things get tougher for Christians, if we stand up for truth and not wickedness and evil, and when we don't side with the world, but we side with God and His Word, 
There will be less and less Christians. Jesus said it 2,000 years ago, the road is narrow. There's only a few on it. But wide is the road that leads to destruction. So if you see these statistics and you think, oh, no, the American church or Americans are just, no, they're not. That per Oh, boy. Well, let me, let me put it this way. A good thing I turned around so I could think of another way, a nicer way to put it. We need to be praying for the nominals that they would get a touch from God and turn their life around and get back to Jesus Christ. Because a day is coming. If you can't come to church and be a Christian now, you ain't got a shot later. Because it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse until Jesus comes back again. Be committed. Be all in to Jesus Christ. So I read another poll this week. This was definitely on Friday. Uh, and it said, uh, your uh, religious views or your religious dedication, 20% were devout. 53% were average. And then it went like 19% uh, agnostic. They just weren't sure. And then a small percentage, atheist. Okay? Most people that say they were atheists are just basically dumb agnostics. Okay? There are very, very few committed atheists. Okay? They're just kind of dumb agnostics. And so 20% um, devout, 50 some percent average. Pray for those average. Because they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. God is calling his church in our day for those that are all in and on board. Because those average nominals, they're also going to stand before God someday. And the excuse of, I was too busy. I had questions. Somebody didn't say hello to me in church. Nobody called me when I really needed it. Someday we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now for believers, we are not going to face his punishment because Jesus has already taken our punishment. But we are going to have to give an account of our stewardship. And I don't mean just financially. I mean with what we did with our lives. I look back at my brother's life in 64 short years. Well, let me tell it like this. When he got ordained, it was in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. And I don't know what year that was. He was eight years older than me. I don't know. But I was still living at home and maybe in high school, something like that. And Dan Betzer preached. And he preached on, you don't want to follow Paul at the judgment. And he went through all of Paul's accomplishments and everything that Paul did, and you don't want to be the one following him. And I thought as they were uh, talking about my brother, wow, I don't want to follow him in that, and how that had all come full circle to me all of these years, these 40 years later. Uh, you don't want to follow him, but you know, I know that when my brother got to heaven, and not because of him, and you know he would be the last one to ever talk about, like some of the things that uh, they mentioned, I had no idea. He just didn't do that. And those of you that know him, he wasn't like that. He was just a humble guy. You know, but two earned master's degrees, earned PhD, 
first missionary in Czechoslovakia after the, or the Czech Republic after the wall fell, went into the country not knowing the language, learning the language so well, the Czech guy that spoke on video, that he would fool with dialects because he knew the main language so well, he was able to interact and talk. You know the Roma people? Rita, I'm going to make you cry. I'm just telling you right now. But the Roma, the head of the Roma church in Slovakia shared a, a, a video message of the impact that my brother had had uh, in that region. And that there's a, they call it the Roma revival. And my brother would take in missions teams and they would do simple things like manicures for the ladies and they would bring in stuff like that. And one of the Roma women would said to my sister-in-law, we've never had a white person touch us gently before. And Bill Hall, I, I was thinking of Bill Hall at my brother's memorial because he prayed for my brother and he prayed for this Roma revival every day of his life. Someday, we're all going to have to give an account. And I just don't want to be before, not punishment, we're not going to hell based on this, but I don't want to be a believer that, that just gave my life and said, yeah, I did, you know, I showed up when I could, I gave when I had a little leftover, I... You know, I knew that person had a need, but I didn't. And, you know, God told me to speak to that person or pray with them or something, and I just didn't. And I know, God, you gave me these gifts to use, but I just, you know, I had so many other things going on. God, I don't want to be that person. I, I'm talking about me, Randy Allen Sabella. I've got one life, and I want to give everything to Jesus. Not just because I want the reward, but because he's worth it, considering what he did for me. We need to step up sometimes. Do something for God. All right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> But for the believer, when we stand before God, God says, Randy, you lied. Jesus will say, I paid for that sin. Randy, you cheated. I paid for that sin. Your motive was impure. I paid for that sin. See, Jesus will present himself as the payment and the punishment for all of our sins as believers. And all God's people said amen to that. But on the other side, the unbeliever will stand before God alone. And justice at its very core means someone has to pay for the crime. Christianity says Christ paid for all of my sins. To be a non-believer or a non-follower of Christ means you're going to have to pay for all of your sins. But all of your sins must be paid for. I'm going with Jesus. And there was a day in my life at 10 years old at my church in Youngstown, Ohio. Church, little, about this size, a little smaller than this, but 
in this, this realm. And it was an evangelist and I came forward and I gave my, my heart to the Lord on that day. And at my brother's memorial service, I looked and the head of the whole Assemblies of God World Missions was from my home church. My brother was from my home church. I was from my home church. And we only represent tens of people. Dave Mazzella, if you know Dave, from my home church. Dave was called to ministry when my father was preaching. I'm not talking a church of thousands. I'm talking a church of hundreds. And God, for some reason, reached down in Youngstown, Ohio, under the ministry of Louis Fortunato, Jr., and he put his hand on our lives. And I'm so thankful. And I don't want to serve the enemy. And I have a lot of questions. And I'm not going to ask God when I get there. I'm only going to worship God. You understand that? When you get to God in heaven and people say, well, I have a lot of questions for God. Uh, you won't. Believe me. The only thing Isaiah said is, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And the Sabella paraphrase, I probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> but here on earth, I have some questions. Why was it? And why is? But I'm not going to give up on God. And I'm not going to stop preaching his love just because I don't understand God. Just because I don't know, I still believe, and I want you to believe. All right, I'm going to close with this. In the Sudan, in Africa, they have had severe tragedies. Extreme Muslim fundamental, fundamentalists have wreaked havoc. Now watch what I say here. Not all Muslims, any more than some crazy Christians, represent all of us. But this Muslim radical group funded by the government went into this village among the Dinka people and just obliterated everything and anyone that was strong in any way. So they killed all the men, all the young men. They burned all of the crops, all of the huts and houses. But they ran into the wrong people not because of the people's might, but because of the people's belief. And so the women and the survivors went around and gathered up sticks. And they got string and they wove them into crosses. And they put them in the ground, not as a memorial of what they lost, but as a message of hope that someday there's a righteous judge and someday we will see him and we will see our family that were believers. We will see them. They won't be hurt. They'll be whole. They won't be sick. They'll be well. See, the cross is that message of hope that someday wrong will be made right because Justice will prevail. And I'll speak to you again. You might have faced injustice in your life. In fact, I'm sure you have. We live in such a wicked world. And it's now. And it hurts and it's hard. But our hope is that it's not forever.
We have a Savior. We have a hope in Jesus Christ. And the twelfth and last promise that we hold on to is justice. Justice will prevail. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Lord, we love you today. Probably all of us need to recommit our lives to you. It's, it's easy to like gradually move off the, the track that we're supposed to be on. And, and most people don't just dramatically one day wake up and say, oh, I'm not going to follow God anymore. But just gradually, the pool of the world gets to us. And so, Lord, all of us just recommit our ways to you. And just say, God, we're all in. As we end the year and as we begin the next year, Lord, we're just all in with you. Because you're worth it for what you've done for us. It began at Christmas, but it doesn't end at Christmas. And so, God, we recommit. For some that might not be believers here today or they're just not sure, Lord, just as they speak to you now, in their heart, just give them that assurance that on December 18th, 2022, that they made the right decision to follow you so that the judgment is not something we fear, it's something we wait for to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. And we pray this in the name, the only name, above every other name, the only name that matters in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.